You're listening to the Journey to Launch podcast, the journey to financial liberation, woke entrepreneurship, and social justice with Isanet Batista. T minus 10 seconds. Welcome to the Journey to Launch podcast with your host, Jamila Souffrant. As a money expert who walks her talk, she helps brave journeyers like you get out of debt, save, invest, and build real wealth. Join her on the journey to launch to financial freedom in, in five, four, three, two, one. Okay, journeyers, it's a celebration. If you're caught up on the podcast, maybe you're just new to the podcast. Hello, you're a journeyer now. Then you know, or maybe you don't, that it is the anniversary month of the podcast. So it's July 2020. It marks the three year anniversary month since we started the show. And so to help us bring in this special occasion, I'm really excited to talk a little bit more about today's sponsor of the podcast who has been sponsoring us all month. You need a budget also known as YNAB. Now I know at first the word budget seems to be restrictive, but in fact, when you use a budget the right way, you will experience a level of freedom you've never had before with your money. That's what happened when I started to use YNAB to budget years ago. I used to feel guilty when I spent money and I didn't really understand how my everyday purchases or spending habits impacted my long-term goals. But once I discovered that financial independence was a thing and something I could pursue, I just wanted to figure out how I could do that. I wanted to figure out how I can save and invest more of our income while still living a happy life right now. So finally tracking and seeing what was coming in our income and what was going out our expenses allowed us to adjust our spending in a way that balanced our desire to spend in the now, but also our desire to accomplish our long-term goals. So now with my budget, I have much more control and the guilt of not knowing how I'm doing is gone. Every month, my husband and I proactively decide how we're gonna spend our money using the budget. And that's why we use YNAB to keep us accountable. And I think you should give YNAB a try. YNAB has a proven four rule method that allows you to zero in, stay focused and give every dollar a job so that your money is working hard for you and you can spend it on the things that matter the most. Budgeting is not restrictive. You won't be spending less. You'll be spending right. I highly recommend you check out You Need a Budget, also known as YNAB. Give it a try for free 34 days, no credit card required by going to youneedabudget.com slash journey. Now for this week's episode of the podcast, it's a special one. They all are very special, but it's really special because I get to interview a journeyer just like yourself, someone in the middle of their financial freedom journey making progress. And I've always found that when I've done interviews like these, where I talk to people just like you in the middle of it, it resonates more because you get to hear from someone who's maybe a couple steps ahead of you who's still figuring it out. So Isanet Batista is a Dominican-American raised in between Harlem, New York and the Dominican Republic. She has a love for her culture, social justice and cooking, which led her to start her own food corporation business called Woke Foods. And it explores Dominican-based plant cuisine. Being a business owner and community activist made her more aware about money and the systems that created it and run it. By the way, Isanet is also a member of the Money Launch Club. You'll hear her talk about the Money Launch Club and the impact it's had on her life and her journey since joining. So you'll hear more about that later in the episode. But for now, here's what I want you to know. Now, there is still time to sign up for my free class if you're listening to this in real time. This episode comes out July 15th. I know some people, you may rush to download and listen to it 
Maybe you're listening to this later, but if you are happening to listen to this before July 16th, I'm holding a class on Thursday, July 16th that you can still join. It's totally free and I'm helping you map out how you can reach financial independence. So there's still time to join. Go to journeytolaunch.com slash free class to sign up. And if you happen to listen to this after that date, don't worry, check out Money Launch Club. So I am opening up doors to the Money Launch Club the following week. So we're going to be open until July 23rd. So again, Ethernet's going to talk all about it. We're going to talk about this a bit in the episode. But if you want more information and you want to join us, join me in Ethernet, come to moneylaunchclub.com. All right, that's all I got. Let's go right into this conversation with Ethernet. Okay, Journey is really excited because we have one of our own on the podcast <laughs> today. Isanet, thank you so much. Isanet Batista, got to say your last name too, got to give you yeah. some respect on your name, <laughs> is joining us on today's podcast. And I'm excited about it because Isanet is not only a true journeyer, she listens to the podcast, but she's also in the Money Launch Club. And I've known you for a, a bit now, Isanet, like you listen to the podcast, I see you on social, you have your own business. So it's pretty cool, like to see your business grow also while you are tuning in with your finances, but then you're also in the Money Launch Club. So I feel like I know you on another level versus maybe just someone who listens like externally to the podcast. It's like because we meet once a month and you update me on your goals and we have all these conversations within the Money Launch Club that I I feel like I know so much more about you. So I wanted to bring you on the show because I think it's really important when people who are in the journey share their perspective versus maybe like an expert or someone who saved already a gazillion dollars, right? Like, Let's talk to people who are actually in it. So I want to welcome you to the podcast, and I'm excited to have everyone hear your story. Thank you, Jamila. I'm excited to be here and honored that you thought to invite me. (laughs) Everyone in the Money Launch Club is amazing, but you're like a star member. (laughs) (laughs) I go on it so often. I really try to like get the most out of it because there's so many different tools. So I just, I really like engaging with it because it also keeps me on top of my own financial journey. Right. And I think that's the amazing thing about the launch club. And we can talk about that a little bit later, but that fact that you're like so self-motivated because, you know, with things like that, it's online, it's self-paced. Some of the work that's in there, you can literally like you, it's up to you to show up the information and the support is there. And some people just don't have the time or they can show up like once a month or once every couple months. And they're like, ah, got what I needed. I had this question or I needed this and they're fine. And some people need more of that. And So I think it's just amazing that you utilize it in a way that it works for you. But um, before we talk about the Money Launch Club a bit more, I do want to talk about you. You lived in New York. Now you're in Florida, right? But you have your own business. And before we pressed record, you were saying how you found me in Journey to Launch. So can you talk a little bit about how you came across the podcast and wanted to like get your finances together? Sure. So my story is a little bit different from others. So my background is actually comes from like community organizing work. And part of that is looking at the different systems of oppression that like that marginalize people of color and black people. And this was around the time that the cages where they were putting like immigrant children into it, like the current administration at the border, yeah. So I started to look into how these things were happening 
and how they were getting like all this money to do this. And so that I went into a rabbit hole of divesting and I was like, wow, like my money, even, even if I'm not really rich has an impact on the decisions that are being made statewide. And so I decided to, to make a new year's resolution. This was January, 2019. I made a huge resolution that I was going to get my finances in order in order to have more decision power in terms of the U.S. economy. And so I put it on Facebook that I wanted to better understand money and finances. And I wanted to also do it in a way that was ethical. I wanted to learn from other people of color, other Black people. And so a friend of mine who I went to college with, who I don't even talk to, tagged your podcast. And then from there, I went on another rabbit hole, found your private Facebook group, and I joined. And yeah, so simultaneously, I started divesting from larger bank institutions that were um, loaning money to immigration detention centers or private prisons or the oil pipelines, like basically all the evils of the world. I started divesting from those banks, but while simultaneously learning about, well, it doesn't matter where I bank, like money's money. So like, where do I, how do I handle it? How do I organize it so that I can create um, wealth, but also create generational wealth for those that come after me. So that's how I got into it. And then, I mean, it's been like a saving grace because I've been able to find community in this process and your and the Money Launch Club like really holds me accountable. That now it's true, like you know, you do get like a, a renowned sense of when it's new the beginning beginning of the year, like you wanna like, you know, make a re- resolution and do something. But coupled on that, when you have like such a mission, like you know, you you had a clear view that you wanted to make your dollars work for you and to better the world and your community. And so you had a clear mission, which is why I always say, once you have like an internal drive or moral compass driving you for something more than just like yourself, like while going on the trip is fine and having that be your goal is fine. When you find that like deep level, like, oh no, the community, the world is depending on me to like make sure my money is doing the best it can. Then it's like a different type of motivation. Yeah, for sure. I thought always that people with a lot of money, like rich people, had an impact on how things happen. And it's true, they, there is a lot of power that wealthier people hold, but I also have power and I have also internal power, um, which is a little bit different. And it's really important to understand your why. And before I didn't really care or had a why. And then once I found it, then it was really hard to kind of shake it off. And I just had to like go forward. Yeah. So can you talk a little bit more about your background? So you're living in New York when you, I think you find the podcast and my stuff, but where were you financially at that point? Were you um, single? And I'm asking like the more personal questions because sometimes like it matters kind of if you're on this with a partner trying to figure it out or you're by yourself or like the fact that you lived in New York, very high cost of living and the industry you're in, you did community work, which is typically not associated with like high salary. So if you could talk a little bit more about like the, just the makeup of who you were when you started this journey. Sure. So I say that I've been learning a little bit about finances since probably 2016. 
I was doing um, AmeriCorps, which is a program that you don't get paid a lot of money. It's a, I was getting paid like maybe $900,000 a month. And that was really tight living in New York. Luckily, I was living with a friend who, who charged me very little rent. And while also doing AmeriCorps, I, that's when I started more actively community organizing work and started doing work around Black Lives Matter, um, other work related to, to the Dominican community and racial equity within, within us. And then, yeah, I was like really, really struggling with my, my own health and like not having money to buy healthy food. And then started wondering like why that was. And that's kind of what got me started to learning more about the economy and finances and how it weaves into all parts of our lives. I went to like a, a finance class that my bank had, my local bank had. And at the time I was making like $12,000. <laughs> In New York City. In New York City. I don't know how I survived, but I did. And it wasn't easy. There was a, a time where I also experienced like homelessness in New York and was um, couch surfing or floor surfing amongst friends' houses. And then I started my own business and it was like a side hustle to make up for the lack of money that I was making um, working in like organizing work and in education. After AmeriCorps, I found that I really was interested in, in food, specifically plant-based food. So that's how I started my business, Woke Foods, which focuses on Dominican plant-based food. And specifically, we were I was really interested in um, providing healthy meals to other community organizers because the work of hosting events, um, doing protests, like, educating, organizing your community takes a big toll on your, on your body and your mental health. So that's how, like, that was the idea of Woke Foods, like providing food for people on the ground that were doing this important, important work. So starting that business was hard. I used like, this is probably illegal, but I used like half of my food stamps to buy the food for like the catering or the meal prepping. And then the other half, I would um, use it for myself. So it required budgeting because I had to like budget my, how much money I was going to spend every month on myself and how much I was going to put into, into the cost of goods sold for the business. And then over time, I, I realized having a, my own business, that I had a lot of money trauma and a lot of scarcity mindset. And that because of community organizing work, and because I was, you know, educating myself on systemic oppression and racism, I had this deep belief that money was evil, that money was evil. That was my belief. But then I started understanding better. And I was like, well, or uh, one of an elder actually asked me, well, what would a million dollars in the hands of Isanet look like? And I was like, wow, if I had a million dollars, I would do X and Y and Z. And then it it, the conversation was like, well, it's not that money is evil, is that there are certain people who use money to hurt communities, but money in your hands could look different. So that's when things started really shifting for me. As for my worth, as for my value within my business, within my jobs, I was working like five different jobs, still making like $11,000, $12,000, even after AmeriCorps. Like I stayed in that income bracket. So I had to make a hard decision, kind of 
started um, focusing more on my business and then got one part-time job plus my business that could really support me. So then that started, then I started going up to 30,000 and now I'm in the, I'm in the 40, 45 bracket, but I am, I'm still, I am single. I don't have any children. My family does not depend on me because I know that's the story of some other people. So I kind of just spend my money on, on me and my goals and, and my business and some of the organizing work that I do. Oh my gosh. Isanet, like everything you just said, I have so many just things I want to like comment on because hearing your story, like I didn't know that detail, like of your story that you had some homelessness in your experience and how little like you made to start. So what did you go to school for? I went to school in Providence, Rhode Island, Johnson and Wales University. It's a private university. And so I took out a lot of loans. I studied uh, hotel and tourism management uh, and also food service. So I worked in that industry. Yeah, I've been working in like hotels and, and catering since I was like 16. Yeah, yeah. And you said something that, you know, with the whole food stamps thing, which first of all, I would think like that is the best thing you could do with your food stamps, taking some power back and like trying to make a way, whether, whether that meant like, then you ate less or whatever, you know, like that you were like sacrificing so that you can like build a business. Like I would think they should give you extra money for people <laughs> who, you know, cause we are full of beautiful ideas and things that will change this world. It's just, we don't have the capital. Sometimes you don't have the capital or the support. And so imagine like that. And so I just think that's amazing. Like if that's illegal, then everyone should be trying to, if they could do something like that, because I stick is commendable. So, wow. Yeah. I used all the resources I could. I got a job at a farmer's market and at the end of the farmer's market, all the extra produce I would take home. Like I was like, where are the resources? I signed up for like a five month um, startup business bootcamp to start my business. I was free. And yeah, like I found a lot of different resources. A lot of my friends were sending me resources and I would just sign up for everything and really like hustle. Yeah. I, I, I think that's what I would say. Like I hustled my way through, through getting out of, out of poverty and out of like that income bracket that was really suffocating me and allowing me to, to shine and to like offer my community what I, all that I had to offer. Yeah. So how did you, how did you go from, I know, like, I know you said you like had a couple of like smaller jobs that weren't really paying much. How did you go from the 11,000, let's just like as the work on the side, cause your business like takes up a lot of your time. How did you go from that to now making like in the forties, which, you know, is signif- significantly like more like in New York, you know, that's still not that much because c- of the cost of living, but how did you manage to make that climb to do that? I did a few different things. The internal work happened when I read this book. I can't remember the name of it right now, but it was something around like your self-worth determines your net worth or something along those lines. I'll have to find it and send send you the name of it specifically. But that book really called me out on a lot of things. Like really, I was like, okay, yeah, I definitely don't charge people what I should charge for the services I offer. And then it was hard because the service I was offering was to like community members. And so I just kind of decided to switch things around and we started um, 
I also to backtrack my business, I decided to make it a worker cooperative business, which is a business model that was used a lot by, by Black people in the South during segregation. And it's just like the idea of collectively like owning things and working together is, you know, connected to like my ancestors. And so it wasn't just me. I had like other people that were, that were working alongside me, but because I was a founder, I, I wasn't doing like the majority of like the heavy lifting. So we decided to shift and started offering catering to like nonprofit organizations, foundations. And so like, charging those people that had budgets that had money to pay us and so and we also got like a fiscal sponsorship through a nonprofit, so i was able to apply for grants and so a combination of those things it really required me to it required me and and my and my um, fellow workers to like really reimagine what business could be like in order to stay with the niche way that we that we did our business so that's how that started and then there was one time where I decided to work a full-time job and my side business that only lasted for like three months because I was dying (laughs) yeah and then I found a part-time job that paid really well that that was paying um 30 an hour for me that was like the most I've had ever gotten paid in my life and then just stay just in with that I was like I'm just gonna stick to my part-time job and my business and so I was working full-time for my business and then part-time with the, the nonprofit. And that's kind of when I had to really buckle down with like my finances. Not that I ever, because I've never made that much money, I've never been like a spender. I've never been a person who buys like a lot of clothes or I'm just, I don't do that. And so budgeting um, wasn't that difficult. It's just like the discipline and the practice of doing it. That was the hard thing for me. So I don't, I don't know a specific answer of like how like that shift happened, but I do think that it was a mixture of like the internal work and then also utilizing the resources I had around me. Yeah. And I don't think it's ever just like one thing, you know, like it's always like just combinations of these small things, but the biggest influence is the internal work. Like you had mentioned about the way you thought about money and that all like stems from the way we were brought up, our cultural, our culture that we're, we're raised in our neighborhoods, all these things that like matter with the way we think about money that can include some self-sabotage on how much we earn or make or decide that we're worth, right? Especially when you have your own business. I mean, it, it happens to like, if you work in the corporate America and you're trying to maybe negotiate a salary, but especially when you as a business owner are setting prices and you're serving customers, people like you, it's a little different. Like when you're working with with a big business, you maybe you don't feel as bad when you're just like, oh, I'm just going to charge as much as I can versus, well, like I feel like I should be helping, but not realizing that this is helping. And then the fact that you have more money, the more that you're able to do with it, that's the goal, right? Like, so it's not a bad thing if you have money. Yeah, it was great because then the idea was um, for us to hire people that had a really hard time accessing jobs. So I was able to hire my grandmother, who's an immigrant, and her job was more like a home attendant. And, you know, to cook, like, you don't need to know, like, English. Like, you don't need a lot of things. Like, a lot of people, a lot of women in my community, like, just know how to cook. That's all they, that's what they do. And so I was able to hire my grandmother and other people like my grandmother and just hire other community people and pay them. You know, we were, I start paying people 20 an hour 
for catering and then it goes up depending on what on what the service it is that they're providing and so because i was able to kind of understand more the value of what we were offering and and going up and mixing in i wouldn't say like what was only going after businesses and nonprofits, but like mixing in and prioritizing like them for a bit so then we can return to more community-based work was like a really good tactic and so we did that i was able to then hire more cooks pay them what they're also worth and then um then over time started doing like the grants and then last summer we were able to do like four or five free cooking classes for people that lived in affordable housing because we took that break and we we're like okay let's focus on like get going after going after the the big contract the big money <laughs> the big contracts going after the big contracts um and getting ourselves stable and a foundation and then we can do the community-based work but that but I did have to like stay vigilant to my why and the purpose because I know sometimes I've seen other other companies go after the big contracts and kind of stay there and so I had to stay really vigilant to not just stay there but like return really to the purpose and do a combination and have that balance that's amazing amazing so you brought up also another good point about just money and the way it's we think about it. And as much as in the personal finance space, it's like, oh, well, you know, like make sure you're watching what you spend and all these things. Sometimes it's just like the ink, the income is the problem. You are doing the best you can with what you're making, but what you're making is not enough. It's not like I'm going out and buying expensive things or eating out often. It's literally I'm working with what I have and what I have is not a lot. Yeah, that's what I appreciated about you, Jamila, and finding your podcast, that there wasn't that shaming that I was seeing in other finance um, communities about like, stop going to Starbucks. And it's like, I don't even go to Starbucks. (laughs) I don't go to Starbucks. I cook at home. I'm a chef. Like, I also, you know, started getting into farming. I'm like, I'm growing my own food. Like, I am doing everything that I can. Like, it's more than that. It's more than that. It's a combination of like internal trauma, but also like the external systems that really make it hard for people like me or people at the margins to really succeed like financially and economically. So it's, it's not just, it's not just one thing. It's very, it's layered. And that's what sometimes that people don't, other people in the finance world don't understand. Yeah. When you did make the decision to say, all right, um, I'm listening to the podcast. I like, I love, you know, I'm lo- loving what's happening. When did you feel like you wanted to take it a step further? Like, when did you say to yourself, okay, like I have, I'm making headway with my business and I have these money things going on. And I do want to go back to like maybe some of your debt. Cause I think that will be relatable for some people. Like, cause you mentioned you had a lot of student loan, <laughs> which I mean, most people still are dealing with a lot of student loans. And then what makes those worse is that you have student loans in industries that the degree you never really use. And it was like overpriced and oversold to you and you had like no clue. So I guess I want to talk about that first. What were your money goals when you started to listen and like wanted to get more deeper into the journey to financial independence? For me, it was credit card debt. I had about $11,000 in consumer debt. And the high interest of the credit cards were really, really like killing me. And I just felt like I couldn't, I would make payments and then the interest would hit. And it was like, that was literally half my payment. 
And I just felt like I was in a hamster wheel. And then the student loans also, because I made so little, I, I was already in an income-based repayment plan. So I didn't have to like pay them monthly, but I would see kind of like the interest increase. So interest was like, oh, it was really hard. Like it's like the, the evil thing. I'm just like, who created this, like, this idea of interest? <laughs> it's just terrible. It's terrible. And so that was really my struggle. Also, a bigger thing for me is that I had dealt with housing insecurity, like having my own home was really important for me. So I was like, I really want to pay this consumer debt, this credit card debt, um, because I'm throwing so much money to that. And like, what would it look like to throw that same amount of money into like a savings account so I can like own my own home or my own land? Yeah. And with that, so as you are like realizing, okay, this is possible. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that you, you started to realize that you could make headway with your finances and like pay off debt through maybe some of the stuff you were hearing, like on the podcast and your own work. But what made you decide to go from, all right, I'm going to just like listen to the podcast and then, oh, wait, there's this thing that Jamila's like doing on the side or, you know, in her business that I need to like join. Like what made you feel like you wanted to take the next step um, to join the community, the Money Launch Club? Uh, I needed accountability and I needed a community that was talking about these things because a lot of my, my community is connect is more connected to like organizing work and social justice. The conversations around money are very focused on capitalism and, and how, and it's, and it's evil, it's in, in its evilness. Um, but there wasn't really a conversation about how to use money to create space, to create a little bit of freedom in our lives. And so that is a conversation that is coming, is being more talked about now, but very rarely. And so I needed a community, but I also wanted a community of people that looked like me. And so that's how I ended up. I'm like, no, I'm definitely going to invest in in this. Because um, I was like, the time, you know, the time you were charging a specific amount, and that amount is what I would spend on like, I don't know, something else. I was like, that's not that much. And because I have my own small business, I really like to funnel my money into other small businesses. So I was like, if I'm going to learn and get information, I want to pay this this Black woman for it because um, she's worth it. And obviously this podcast is giving me so much. I can just imagine what being part of some exclusive membership community will will give me and offer me. And so that's why I joined. And that's exactly what I feel I got out of it. And I still get out of it. Amazing. Thank you. And you know, as you were talking, I'm like, yeah, for me, not since I think, especially since having my own business and seeing progress in like my skill sets, how much I have the potential to earn um, right now. And like, I realize how much more value I get. Like you can't have a business or it's hard if you are the kind of person who looks at someone and that has money and says they're not a good person or that it's evil that then you would have it. It's hard if you're trying to earn money yourself, whether it's a side hustle or in your job, look down on or judge like another business owner making money, right? Like you happily then invest in things that you find value in because you understand that it's an investment. It's something that is going to like pay you back more than what you're putting in. That's like the whole point is providing you value. And so when I realized that in myself, like I started investing in courses and coaches and systems for my business, it made it so much more clear. Like, yeah, if people find value in what I'm doing, like they should pay. Cause I had some of the same hangups, especially earlier on, like, 
with Journey to Launch of like, oh no, like I can't like charge for this or this amount. And then I'm realizing, but like, how are you leading this community talking about earning if you can't earn? Like, so I feel like part of my story is also going to be how I make this work. And so I can't be afraid to like say, hey guys, this is a product or this is a service that I have. There's, this is the investment for it. And be afraid to like promote that to you guys, because then how can I turn around and tell you guys to succeed in your own businesses, ask for your own raises if I can't do that in my business, right? Yeah, and I, I, I personally see it. I feel the effort that you put into, you know, your brand and yeah, everything from like the visuals that make it easy to understand things. I'm a visual learner, so I appreciate all the visuals that you offer. So just the quality of the information, and also the, the broadness of, of how we can access the information, you know, through your, through, you know, the, the, the freebies, through the podcast, through the membership community, like there's many variety of things that you offer. And I, because I've been following you for a long time, I have seen you like elevate what you offer and it's good. It's always been good quality. And so it's like, yeah, th- this is definitely worth it. And I'm not even going to question how much she charges because she's, she's going to charge what she needs to charge. And I think that's something that I also like, I didn't think like that before, but now I do. Like, I don't question how much people charge for things, especially people of color. I'm just like, they're charging what they, what they need to charge. And if it's something that I want, I'm going to budget for it because it's worth it. <laughs> exactly. I love that. Love that. So the thing that you brought up, which I think is pretty important, is the accountability part of it. So in the Money Launch Club, like there, there's programming. We have like monthly um, classes and events, but... What I find, because I had this thread in the launch club, because I always like to dig down into like why people choose to join and why they stay and all this. And, you know, I was expecting, because there's this course right now that's still included in the launch club, right? And I think it's like one of the most valuable things in it that it's included within the launch club, because it's like the 10 step program and people go through it at their own pace. And there are all these like things that you to help you map out your path to financial independence. And most people were just like accountability, support, community. Like that was what like for them was the sticking point. It was somewhere, like you just said, that they can be. And I think that sometimes, you know, you listen to the podcast and if you're making, I always say this, if you are the kind of person who listens to the podcast and you're just like, boom, I'm just like going out, I'm doing it. Like I can be in my own like world and make this work, then fine. You may not need something like a money launch club, but for the people who find themselves starting, stopping, knowing that they should be doing something like, you know, else, but they just don't because no one's kind of like helping them along the way kind of thing. Like then this would be something that you should consider. So I want you to talk a little bit more about the accountability because I know too, what I love about this community, the Money Launch Club is that we have other members that are local. So I know you were like meeting up you like with other members, um, Cassandra, right? Um, she yeah. was on the podcast um, before and you, you guys talk offline, like it's real community. Yeah, I, I, you mentioned earlier that I'm like self-motivated. To some extent, I am, but honestly, it's because I have a lot of accountability because <laughs> I have community. Um, and so in this financial independence journey, I have this community of Money Launch Club. And I really like that one of the things that you offered us or you pushed us to was finding an accountability buddy. And so that's how I found Cassandra and she was living in the Bronx and I was living in Harlem. So we were living near each other. 
yeah, we just decided to meet up in person. And I really liked it because we went to this black owned bookstore in the Bronx. And so we were also like, you know, like off, like, you know, funneling money into that bookstore while we were meeting. And then my, one of my best friends, Bianca was also on a similar journey. I was like, Hey, I think you should join the money launch club. And I think I really like how sometimes exclusive Money Lunch Club is. I was like, the doors aren't open yet. When they do open, <laughs> I'll let you know. <laughs> and so she joined. And then I asked Cassandra, oh, can Bianca join our meetings? Because she also lives in the Bronx. And so, yeah, we've been meeting like for, I think, six, seven months now. We actually have a meeting today. So we meet the first Wednesday of every month. And before quarantine, it was in person, but now we're meeting over Zoom. And it's just amazing. Like, we just come into those meetings and, like, go through our our sheets that um, you have for us. So we go, we always have our sheets ready, and we go through them, and we figure what are our goals, what are, we talk about, like, what are some things that we're going to do this month to be different. We also talk about just feelings, like... You know, I'm feeling like really impatient. Or I'm feeling really motivated, whatever things come up. And it's also really nice because like Cassandra recently bought a home and she's our age. You know, we're in, we're in our in our mid 20s, our mid 20s when I'm, I was, I'm about to spend 30 in a few months. But it's so like amazing to see someone that is from my culture, who's from my community and who is similar to my age, like achieving this thing. And like, I know her. And she's like now offering me and Bianca tips because we're also interested in home ownership. And so I really appreciate like how chill, down to earth and relatable it is. So yeah, so yeah, self-motivation, but also accountability and resources. That one time that you had um, the Atomic Habits author, James Clear, on the podcast. Yeah. That episode really changed things for me. And it was because I think Cassandra was like, watch like listen to this episode and then you ha- I think then we we had to read the book in the book club and honestly that book was really what has kept me so on top of like my habits and so yeah. I think it's a combination of accountability community and also resources yeah so one of the things that Easternet just showed it's if you're not watching the video so I have these accountability sheets and just resources for people that while you can come into the launch club and set your goals and what you accomplish, I was like, I need to create something that people can like print out. So one of the things that you showed was this monthly goal setting sheet that we use to like really declare our goals and members use together. So I'm so happy that you guys actually like, I was like, are you, every time I like post something, I like print this out. I always remind people to print it out to make sure they know it's there. But uh, the, the other thing that we do is we have a book club meeting every other week every other week. You're right. Like we can read that fast every every other month in the launch club. So Atomic Habits was one of the books. So we try to stick to books that will help reinforce our habits, our mindset, our just our finances and self-development. Because sometimes this is like how many personal finance books can you read? So I try to like, (laughs) I try to talk about like more like and pick things that are, are more broad. But yeah, I think that the, you guys showing up together in that way, like crisis. I love that you guys are still even continuing doing it now that you're not even in New York, especially with quarantine. Anyway, we would, you would guys wouldn't have been able to do that. Yeah. I mean, Cassandra is my friend now. Like that's my girlfriend. Like, <laughs> and I'm uh-huh. so happy that like I met her through the, through, through the launch club and it's like beyond money launch club and, and money. And so, yeah, just really grateful for the, the community aspect of it. Talk, let's talk about like stats because people are like, okay, like Kumbaya, like she's like, mo- like she has a friend now, right? Like, which I'm sure people are, are excited, but 
and maybe hopefully would want right in their own like circle like yeah i need to like strengthen up like the people around me and like we're talking about money but let's maybe talk about some of the like the actual things you're able to do with your finances right because i know when you said you had credit card debt you had some student loan you student loan debt but what were some of the things like your goals coming in to the community because you've now been a member since like january 2019 and where are you now like with some of what you've accomplished if you can share that sure so i started with about 12 to eleven thousand of of consumer debt i am now down to three thousand and I have also been able to open a retirement account, which a rough IRA, which I don't invest like to the max every year, but I'm just trying to get into the habit of it so that when I am making that money or when I stop, pay, when I stop throwing money to consumer debt, then I can funnel it into the retirement account. I think also I never knew about the fight financial independence retire early movement. And even when I got into your community, I saw it, but I dismissed it because I didn't feel like that's something I could do until I reached the the 10 steps um, to calculate the financial independence number and, and the flex independence um, session. And I'm like, filled out that sheet you had in there. And I was like, Oh, wow, I can really retire at 45. If I, if I could, if I stay consistent. And so that was definitely now something I'm aiming towards. So it's, 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 some, it's a part, a part of my life. I will, I will be financially independent and retire early. What else? Oh, my credit score. It went up like a hundred points. Yay. <laughs> when I started Money Launch Club, I think my credit score was like 650 and it's like 741 now. Right. Which is extremely important for you because you want to buy something. Mm-hmm. That was really helpful. And then I also just, because interest was such a big headache for me and paying off my consumer debt and my credit card debt, I was able to do a balanced transfer loan. And so now I don't, the debt that I'm paying back, it's that, that $3,000 is still from that one credit card, but I don't have to pay that, that 27% balance. Now my interest is like 10%. So that was like really helpful. Yeah, this month I'm focused on opening a 401k. And then I also started to learn about like real estate and multifamily home purchasing. So that's the journey that I'm starting to to research this month. And it's just so much that has happened because because every month you make us think about goals. It's like, oh, okay, what am I going to work on this month? <laughs> So it kind of elevate each month. And also, I think I'm also learning to be patient with my journey because there's so much out there, so much to learn. And so I'm like, okay, you know what? Like retirement and investing in retirement is something I'm super focused on right now, but I can I can do a little bit. Oh, other things I didn't know about rainy day sinking funds. Now I have one. Now I have like $300 in there. And that's cool. Um, building my emergency funds is also something that I, I have. I think it was just like opening different accounts and budgeting for for those um, versus before. It would just be like, oh, a savings account, which savings before in my mind was like a checking account. But now it's like, no, a savings account, you don't touch it. It just you know stays there and it goes in a high yield interest account. And so little things like that have been have been really helpful. And then the last thing has been the student loans. That episode that you had, um, David, what's his name? Yes, David Carlson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, the student loans. Wow, that blew my mind because I really was so... I, 
the student loans are giving me a big headache. So learning about his approach to student loans, not that everybody should approach it that way, but I like his approach. So I'm going to do it how he's saying, how he's saying to do it because I have $70,000 worth of student loans. And I just kind of feel like if I'm going to, if I'm going to earn $70,000, I'd rather invest it into a home or into some land versus like paying for a student loan. So I guess mapping out my, my journey and then tackling things um, little by little and like doing like the bigger picture, like, okay, this 20, 2020 is for this, 2021 will be for this and 2021 and so forth. So, and so David, so that's the other thing that we do in Launch Club. We, I invite guests who are on the podcast um, to come back. Sometimes they're not guests, but sometimes they are and they teach the topic. So David did come into the Launch Club and talk about student loans specific for Launch Club members. And they were able to ask questions, which is what I love about diving deeper. Like what I'm able to do, because I could talk to people sometimes on the podcast, like, for hours, but they don't have that kind of time, right? Or I want to ask more specific questions. So being able to come into the launch club so they can like help um, people and or teach more and share their experience and story is amazing. And the other thing about just like the, um, you mentioned like really briefly, like the, the not knowing that you could reach financial independence. So one of the things, so I, there's the 10 step course right now that's included with the launch club. And it literally maps out like when you do the 10 steps, all the things that you need to do to consider how you're going to reach financial independence, the things um, and the money side of things, like how much you need. And what I find is that before you consider, because if you think about, wow, I'm going to need like $2 million before I can be financially independent, that's a lot. So when I came up with one of the steps, it was how do we calculate this financial independence number, but then show you like that you can plug and pull it, put in numbers and different scenarios that you can make this work based on flexibility. So part of that is, where you're referring to where you could plug in your numbers. And I've had so many people say, oh my gosh, like I didn't know it was possible until I looked at this worksheet or took the 10 step course. So that's why I feel like part of it is like blind spots, right? There are some things that you didn't know at all. And when it came to maybe your student loan or like high yield accounts, like small things, but they're so important. It's like these little blocks that make up the structure. And I find that yes, we want to focus on the big things. Like I just want to be debt free. I just want to like have a million dollar business or all these things which are amazing to want to do. But there's so many other little things like the practical day-to-day things that you need to work on that sometimes you don't even know until you're in communities where someone could say, hey, did you think about this? Or I have this going on. Oh, I didn't know that that was possible. Let me learn more. And that's what I love about the space, the Money Launch Club and the community. So when it comes to your um, business, I do just want to like talk a little bit more about that so people can like follow you and your journey because you're still in the middle, right? Like of making that successful. I mean, it, it already is like, I feel like the mission is amazing. So can you just talk a little bit about what you see for yourself and then where you see your business and your finances going, like what your goals are for yourself over the next year or two? Sure. So my big focus right now is saving the money I need to, to just, two purchases. So I want to purchase a property in New York City, but I also want to purchase land and build the house back in my homeland of the Dominican Republic. So I'm actively doing that right now. And so I hope that that both of those things can happen in the next two or three years. And one of the things I want to do with the property I purchased in New York City is also be able to house my business so that Woke Food can have a brick and mortar. It could be like a cafe, urban farming space where people can come enjoy plant-based food, but also hang out and, and 
and that it could be like a farm to table or more like urban farm to table situation. And right now where I was kind of doing that, like in my apartment in Harlem, I did like a dinner where people had like four, four seatings, like a restaurant. And so I was like experimenting, like how it could look like. And that's where I got the idea. I was like, you know what? I'm going to purchase like a multifamily home in Harlem and I'm going to use one of the floors to like the bottom floors to have a garden and a, and a cafe space for, for bulk foods. And so, yeah, so I imagine myself kind of being in both places simultaneously. Um, and I definitely need to hire a new chef because I'm the one that like does most, most of the cooking and the menu planning. And so thinking about how to train other people to come in and not just work for the business, but also feel like they have like a stake and an ownership in the business. And building my emergency fund, that's one of the things I use my stimulus check for. I put it in my emergency fund. And if any other stimulus check comes, it's also going to go to the emergency fund. Another goal of mine is to focus full time on my business. Because right now I work part time for another organization, which I love and it's great. But it would just be really nice just to be able to dedicate myself full time to, to my business. Yeah, I love that. And I'm, you know, I, I'm like rooting for you all the way. I'm sure after this, there are going to be people like, we want to see you into Ethernet. So the other, <laughs> this last question I do have is for anyone who's like on the fence or has some doubts about maybe being able to pursue their goals or like the idea of the launch club, but they're not sure, like, is there anything or that you would say that you were able to overcome or that would encourage someone to really like bet on themselves in this way and invest if they see this is something or feel this is something that could work for them? Sure. I mean, I think something I, I've told my friends who I've, you know, I promote this all the time to my friends because I also see them, you know, in their own journey and or like struggling in their journey. It's like, you don't have to do it alone. You don't have to do it alone. You can do it with other people. You could do it alone, but I don't know how... I don't know. I just feel like it could take a little longer and it could feel like kind of alone. And so you should just do it with other people and it's an investment. It's not even that much money once you start like getting into the budget of it. And if, and if you're like thinking, Oh my God, it's, it's, you know, I don't have the money for it. That's exactly why you should join the money Club Club. <laughs> because then we'll find the money for it. When you start getting into the, into the, into the framework and into the sessions and into the, you know, like all the different offerings that, that the club offers us. Amazing. Thank you so much, Isanet. Now, please tell everyone where they can find you, more about your business and follow your journey. Sure. So people can follow my business page. It's called Woke Foods, like stay woke. And we have a website. It's called wokefoods.coop. And then I have a personal page where I I have like a, a highlight um, where I I walk people through my journey of, of financial independence and that's Isanet Batista. So at Isanet Batista, um, both on Instagram. And I will share all this in the episode show notes. Thank you so much, Isanet, for coming on, sharing, being so like open, sharing your story. Um, I know this will inspire and motivate a lot of people. So thank you. Thank you, Jamila. Okay, journeyers, I really hope you enjoyed that conversation with Isanet and that it further inspires you to go after your goals. No matter how long the journey seems, every step you take on it matters. And so I hope hearing from Isanet helps further inspire you. 
One more thing, Isana, after we stopped recording, she told me that she recently launched a podcast and I told her I'll give her podcast a shout out. It's all about money and it's called Free the Bag. So check out Isanet's podcast. I'll also include that in the episode show notes. If you are listening to this in real time, it's not too late to sign up for the free class on July 16th. So if you listen to this as soon as the episode comes out, you still have time to join us at the free class where I'll help you map out your journey to financial independence. Go to journeytolaunch.com slash free class and then check out today's sponsor, YNAB, who can help you get your budget all the way together by going to unitabudget.com slash journey. Now, by the time you may be listening to this, maybe it is past the time that the free class occurred. Don't worry. The Money Launch Club doors then will be open. I'm opening them for one week. So for the week up till July 23rd. And if you want for more information about that, just go to moneylaunchclub.com. This is what Isanet talks about, joining the community that helps her reach her goals, the support. And, you know, check it out. We are welcoming you here. We are waiting for you to join us. All right. Now, until next week, which by the way, Next week will be a really special episode because I'm labeling that the anniversary episode where you'll get to hear voices like yourself who are listeners of the podcast on the show. Wait for that. That's happening next week. But until then, keep on journeying, journeyers. Don't forget, you can get the episode show notes for this episode by going to journeytolaunch.com or click the description of wherever you're listening to this. And you can still grab your jumpstart guide for free to help you on your journey to financial freedom by going to journeytolaunch.com slash jumpstart. If you want to support me and the podcast and love the free content and information that you get here, here are four ways that you can support me and the show. One, make sure you're subscribed to the podcast wherever you listen, whether that's Apple Podcasts, that purple app on your phone, your Android device, YouTube, Spotify, wherever it is that you happen to listen, just subscribe so you are not missing an episode. And if you're happening to listen to this in Apple Podcasts, rate, review, and subscribe there. I appreciate and read every single review. Number two, follow me on my social media accounts. I'm at Journey to Launch on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And I love, love, love interacting with journeyers there. Three, support and check out the sponsors of this show if you hear something that interests you. Sponsors are the main ways we keep the podcast lights on here. So show them some love for supporting your girl. Four, and last but not least, share this episode, this podcast with a friend or family member or coworker so that we can spread the message of Journey to Launch. All right, that's it. Until next week, keep on journeying, journeyers. Journeyers.